Thursday, June 22nd, and I love the smell of an NBA draft in the morning. Welcome to the Damon Bruce Show here on Damon Bruce Plus. It's great to have you back, and I just got to update you. little uh, clerical work here for you. Today is already our 60th live YouTube show, our 60th gathering here for the Plus crew who gathers before the show even starts. Thanks to all of you. You know who you are. I love you guys and gals very, very much. Thank you. 60 shows. I thank you. I see that my podcast has re-entered the top 25 in sports. That's because more people in the Bay Area are turning to me digitally for their breaking Bay Area sports news on days where news matters. We got the Giants on a heater right now. We got a draft day for the Golden State Warriors. And people, they're not going to 95.7 The Game or KNBR for their sports news. They're coming here. And I thank you very, very much for doing that. Believe me, if they had a podcast doing that well to brag about, they would. But they don't have that. I do. Scoreboard, baby. I do love me an NBA draft. Love this day. Love the draft. Love draft fashion. It's the only day I'm interested in NBA fashion. What we see walk out on that stage is anywhere in between fantastic, glorious, and hysterical. So... I'm all about an NBA draft. I love the draft. Who is the pick for the Golden State Warriors at 19? I mean, that is the magic question. That's the one that everyone's going to try to get right before it actually happens today. And any broadcaster who says a name before the draft that becomes the draft pick is then going to be like, I love that player. That player is going to be that's who I wanted all along. Look, I don't know who this draft pick is going to be trying to predict who's even going to be there at 19. Kind of a fool's errand, but we will go on it anyways, and I just want to float a few names past you. Starting with what I'll admit is a selfish interpretation of maybe what the Warriors need. Trace Jackson Davis I've seen a lot of mock drafts. They don't even have them going in the first round. So maybe this is, you know, a, a player that the Warriors can pursue in the second round, buying back in in the second round. Trace Jackson Davis is my guy. Uh, he went to Indiana. To me, he is the model small ball five that the Warriors need. He runs the floor. He can defend in the paint, protect the rim, and score around the rim. Think of Kavon Looney with a little bit more scoring ability. Not necessarily shot-making ability, but the ability to finish around the rim. Trace Jackson Davis grew up around the NBA. He's got that NBA DNA in his blood, came from his daddy. Warriors have done well drafting guys who had NBA daddies. So I like it. I like the way it fits. Think of him at 23 years old. He is the opposite of raw talent. He really is not the greatest leaper in the world. He's not the fastest guy in the world. He's the opposite of raw talent, but he has seen it all on a college basketball court. And to me, that is exactly the kind of player, a bit more mature, a little longer in the tooth than the type of players the Warriors have been drafting in recent years. And that will get them a little bit course corrected. Uh, another name. And again, everyone I'm going to use that no teenagers. I don't think the Warriors are drafting a 19 18, 20-year-old kid in this draft. I really don't. I think they're a little snake-bitten by doing that. So I think it's time where they look at a little bit more of a mature player. Jordan Hawkins is a 6'4 wing, 21 years old, out of UConn, and he is a shooter. Warriors would then need to kind of figure out the rest. What else does he do well? But 
In order to be in the NBA, you got to have one great attribute, and this guy is a shooter. 6'4", 21 years old. I like Jordan Hawkins. I like Jaime Jacquez Jr., the 6'6 guard, 22 years old, out of UCLA. He is being billed as a ready-to-play role player. Again, whoever the Warriors take here, they're going to need to cobble minutes out of them. They're just going to have to. They got to play somebody off this bench, and this player is going to be on the bench. So um, you can't have one of those draft and stash, take and develop type of players. You need someone who can hit the court and do a little running for you. Oliver Maxence Prosper is a 6'7 wing player, 20 years old. So again, skewing a little bit younger, but he is a tenacious defender. Lots of talks. The kid's out of Marquette, by the way. A lot of talk about how he's mature. He's got an awful lot of awareness, just not on-court awareness, but life awareness. He's an impressive young kid, apparently. A really good interview, a good egg. So maybe that is a name that we haven't talked much about that could be there as a possibility for the Warriors. Um, Olivier Maxence Prosper. And then it seems to be the agreed upon, the most likely seen name in draft picks is Chris Murray, the 22-year-old from Iowa, Keegan's brother, 6'8 forward, fills the bill of a little bit of size and a lot of bit of on-court know-how, knowledge, and experience. His exact exemplary skill maybe a little harder to find than in other not the supreme rebounder not the supreme defender not the supreme shot maker but a very good all-court player again sounds like someone who might be able to fill a role grab some minutes for the golden state warriors so chris murray probably number one on the board Jaime Jacquez Jr., Jordan Hawkins, Olivier Maxence Prosper. These are all names that if the Warriors walked away with, I would like that. But Trace Jackson Davis, let me just tell you, to me, he fits what the Warriors are looking for. I don't know where he goes in this draft, but somebody, especially if he goes in the second round, is going to get a real valuable, I think, NBA contributor down the road in Trace Jackson Davis. So we'll see what happens. Anthony Slater, by the way, wrote something for The Athletic that I thought that was, you know, it, it the signs pointing towards what the Warriors are looking for is pointing away from the concept of young, raw prospect with a lot of upside. They don't need a lot of upside. They need a player who can go for them today. Slater wrote, the Warriors added five teenagers in the previous three drafts. James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and Ryan Rollins. The first three, all lottery picks, were expected to be ready for elevated roles. The last two, Baldwin and Rollins, weren't. Add in the mostly inactive Andre Iguodala and the empty 15th slot for tax purposes, and seven of the team's 15 roster spots were either unsustainable or unknown from an on-court perspective. Can't have that. I mean, the Warriors put themselves in a bad situation with their bench because they had on it because of their refusal to either develop or nurture what was there. Um, I talked about this with Larry on the home and home. He thinks that there was a, an awful lot of, there were almost two warrior teams last year, the old guys and the young guys, and they never meshed them together. Well, I don't think that that is an incomplete, incorrect assessment 
of what the Warriors were. It's much more complicated than that, but that's a good way to start explaining where it all went wrong. They need players who can play, whether they be young or old. You can't just be coughing away roster spots on guys who are not going to contribute because either Steve doesn't want to play them or Grandpa can't get the, the tennis balls off the bottom of his walker. I'm talking about Andre Iguodala. So very interesting lead up to today. Our questions will be answered. That Warriors pick will probably be up somewhere between what? 7.15, 7.45 tonight if this draft starts around 5.30. So we'll see it all happen. If I can break away long enough from a little dad duty upstairs, we'll come on and do an instant reaction. If we can, I'll try to tape something, get it out there for you. But we will be feeding the content machine. Something that I'd love you to check out. And I'll admit, Right now that we're we're getting better each and every day, I think we figured out the echo during the Larry Kruger home and home. The echo was not figured out when I taped the fantastic interview with Marcus Thompson, which I've put a link out on um, on YouTube. You can find it. It is a six, seven minute long video that isn't even about basketball. Marcus Thompson, we had an awesome interview about the Warriors, their offseason, what they need to do on draft day. And if you want to listen to the entirety of the interview, which has an echo underneath Marcus's answers, it's not bad. It's not great. But it's not like, oh, my God, throw your headphones off. You can't listen to it bad. It's just an echo. And I think if you're prepared for it, you'll be okay. But if you want to listen to the entirety of the podcast or the entirety of the interview, download the Damon Bruce Show podcast. Again, top 20 podcast in sports in America. And you can listen to it there. You can listen to it there right now. The clip that I put out on YouTube was just Marcus answering a question about when he decided to take writing as a passion and maybe be able to turn it into a profession. Who inspired him along the way? I thought it was the most interesting part of our conversation. I did clip it, echo and all, and put it out on YouTube on a channel for you to see. So you can check that out. And if you want to listen to the entirety of the podcast, you go ahead and you you get that podcast. You download that podcast. But it was great to talk to Marcus. God, I wish I had better audio. Because it was our first interview together for the first time in about a decade because there were contractual things keeping us apart. I was on a channel. He was on another channel. We couldn't talk. It was great to catch up with Marcus. The story that he shared about falling in love with writing is really inspirational. It's worth hearing. That's why I put it out echo and all. So suffer through that and enjoy it. And if it wasn't so bad, download the podcast for everything you will need to know about the Golden State Warriors. It was a comprehensive interview indeed. Uh, where are you going for lunch today? Why don't you stop by Ike's, a huge sponsor of the Damon Bruce Show. Ike, thank you for all you have done. Your empire grows by the day, approaching now 100 locations with hundreds of sandwiches to offer something that you like is on that menu. That's my promise. That's my promise. Something that you like is sitting on Ike's menu. Find it for yourself and have a delicious lunch today. If you just like a cheeseburger, not a sandwich, boy, do we have a solution for you too. And if you like lumpia, have I got a solution for you too. Get to Uncle Boy's in the inner Richmond, a San Francisco original, owned, ran by true San Franciscans, a son of San Francisco, a daughter of San Francisco. Uncle Boy's is an outstanding burger. Go pick it up. 
take one home with you tonight and enjoy the NBA draft. Don't forget the onion rings. Don't forget the lumpia. You will be happy that you forgot neither of those things and wash it all down and celebrate the draft pick with a glass of blackened the whiskey that you're going to want to get. By the way, I got a new bottle. I forgot to bring it downstairs. I'll show it to you tomorrow. Maybe even have a bottle sipping Friday tomorrow. Um, I got to show you the new collector's bottle that Metallica's put out to commemorate the tour that they're underway on this summer, the new album. It's a good-looking bottle. Um, but what I love about Blackened Whiskey is it's really got nothing to do with Metallica's a rock band, and this is their whiskey. It's just great whiskey. It's great whiskey at a very approachable price point. Pick up a bottle at BevMo today. Trust Uncle Damon on the whiskey advice. He knows whiskey. He knows burgers. He knows sandwiches. And he knows basketball, which is great that you're here. Thank you very much on the day of the NBA draft. It should be fun tonight for all involved. I need to calm everyone down about the three-team deal that lands Porzingis in Boston. And what Marcus Morris and draft picks, the poo-poo platter is going to, to Washington. By the way, how does Washington trade Bradley Beal and Chris Stapp's Porzingis and not get returned a first-round draft pick? God, they're bad at everything that they do. They really seriously are bad at everything that they do. And this is what I want to stress to Warriors fans who are saying, well, why weren't we in on that trade? You're talking about a trade between losers, and I'm not saying that the Boston Celtics are losers. And Porzingis ending up in Boston, let's see what that looks like. I'm not going to judge that right now. It's the only real element of the trade that I kind of like. You get a good player in Porzingis up in Boston. But, man, losing Marcus Smart, I don't know how that gets you closer to an NBA championship. I really don't. Um, that is an interesting choice by Boston. Uh, they had to throw that in for the poo-poo platter and the three-team deal to work, but I'm telling you right now, I never want you to look at the Washington Wizards or the Clippers and say, boy, they got the right idea. Because they don't. They don't have the right idea. And as interesting, as unicorny as Porzingis is, this is his fourth team. Like, to me, that says something. You finally land Porzingis, and the first thing that any team that has landed Porzingis has done instantly is fall out of love with him. It was not a fit in Dallas. It was not a fit in Washington. It might have been a fit in New York, but he then got injured, became damaged goods, Knicks decided to move on, and now here is Porzingis on his fourth team. He unlocks zero ultimate victory anywhere he goes. So don't tell me that all oh, the Warriors had to be in on that Pazingas. First of all, how, how are they affording him? Fans need to calm down. And I understand that there's a lot of what the Warriors might do. Trade Jordan Poole, trade Jonathan Kaminga. I'm on trade. I think they just pick. I'm on team. I think they just pick at 19. I don't think something tremendously dramatic happens in this draft, other than the players selected for the Warriors. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. I'm sure we got a lot of people keeping receipts. That's fine. I can deal with it. Um, so fascinating day for basketball fans all over the place. If you're a Giants fan, what you're seeing right now is pretty darn impressive. They've won 10 in a row. 10 in a row for the San Francisco Nine. Someone's like, what do you mean, the San Francisco Nine? Well, it used to be in baseball. It was such an everyday thing that only nine guys would out there, and obviously it takes a bigger team than that. But the San Francisco Nine, that's such an old-fashioned way to say the baseball team, uh, they've won 10 in a row. And 
The last time they won 10 in a row was such a long time ago that they've won three World Series championships. So they they win World Series championships over the last two decades more often than they win 10 games in a row. It wasn't since 2004 before I even got... I have never covered the Giants in a 10-game winning streak until the one that they stamped last night. And we'll see. We'll see. If they can push it to 11, and if they do, that means Broomhilda has a lunch date in San Francisco. Does Broomhilda have lunch reservations? We're about to find out. The Giants are trying to sweep their third straight series. They went to St. Louis. They swept the Cardinals. They went to L.A. They swept the Dodgers. They've come back home for an important seven-game homestand. They put three wins together against the Padres. A win today would be a four-game sweep. That would be the third straight series in a row the Giants have swept and behind the Padres come the division leading Diamondbacks this is good exciting high leverage baseball I love it I love it the Giants who would have ever thought they'd be fun I mean maybe they started cobbling together some wins but will they be fun the answer is yeah they're kind of fun this is what happens when you got homegrown talent doing things so we got a few lean-in moments here for Bay Area sports fans, again, which is why the podcast is exploding, cracking into the top 20 in America right now. That is not me doing that. That's you doing that. Thank you for choosing this little guy right here as your Bay Area sports authority. More people are downloading the podcast that comes from my basement than any show that is coming out of KNBR or 95.7 The Game. And I can prove it. Because I got the stats. And if they had the scoreboard, they'd be showing it to you. So, look, uh, it's Blake Snell and Alex Wood today. Alex Wood starting his ninth game of the year. It's a 1245 start. And we'll see if the Giants can win again, sweep their third straight series, and push their win streak to 11 games. That's a big boy number in Major League Baseball. It really is. Wilmer Flores apparently has taken BP. He could be back soon. Uh, Kapler says that uh, uh, Ross Stripling is throwing bullpen sessions. We'll see if he can actually put on a Giants uniform and do something positive in it. He hasn't yet. Uh, But I'm not ready to give up on Ross Stripling right now. So we'll see what he's got, if anything, to offer the Giants when he gets into the mix. These are interesting times. Uh, A's, meanwhile, not so much interesting for them. They're at the Guardians. They're riding a seven-game losing streak. As a matter of fact, they have yet to win a game since the reverse boycott. That's That says something, doesn't it? By the way, the uh, run differential for the A's is now minus 205. That is that's downright negligent. It's embarrassing. Um, the fan-funded sell T-shirts, I heard, are actually uh, on their way to Cooperstown. They're putting the fan-funded sell T-shirts into Cooperstown. Why? Okay? Why? Just to mock fans? What the hell are you putting that? Do something about it if you think it's that important of a statement. Like, shouldn't the inclusion of the cell shirt into Cooperstown draw a direct line to the exclusion of John Fisher as a major league owner? I think it would. And if I were commissioner, it absolutely would. How is that guy owner of a major league franchise? He is a poor caretaker of any element of the game. It's disgusting.
One of the reasons why you're able to get a true schmuck like that is because the guy at the top is a massive schmuck. Rob Manfred, did you see this story today? Um, baseball's commissioner is really the Larry Scott of Major League Baseball. Larry Scott proving, I think, inarguably that he's the worst modern commissioner in the history. The man ruined the Pac-12. The Conference of Champions has turned into the Conference of Total Chumps thanks to Larry Scott's guiding hand. What a fucking disaster that guy was. Well, today, Rob Manfred in a story on ESPN says that he's got some regrets over his handling of the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal, admitting in a recent interview that granting immunity to the players was maybe not my best decision ever. Baseball didn't punish any Houston players after a league investigation confirmed the Astros had cheated to win the World Series by using a camera-based sign-stealing system during the regular season, the playoffs, and their World Series uh, 2017 title. Fuck you, buddy. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Rob Manfred, you prove every single time you open your mouth how bad you are at this. At least it's self-aware and it's learning how bad it is at this. This guy is awful. Awful. Why even come clean at this point? What? Just shut up, Rob. Just shut up. I mean, there's nothing for you to say that anyone is interested in. You are an unmitigated disgrace to the game of baseball and among the worst commissioners ever. And you just started, basically. You're, you're, you're new at this still. You're, you suck at it. Another story from baseball. A group of 17, saw this on ESPN, a group of 17 former scouts filed a lawsuit against baseball saying the league's 30 teams and Commissioner Rob Manfred uh, are ale they're, they're alleging age discrimination. The lawsuit, which was filed in U.S. District Court in Denver, contends that older scouts have been blacklisted for reemployment by baseball, and the league used analytics as an ongoing pretext for coordinated and systemic discrimination based on age. The suit also states that baseball used the pandemic as an opportunity to terminate an entire class of older employees more susceptible on the basis of age to the COVID-19 virus. The suit alleges the defendants violated the U.S. Age Discrimination and Employment Act in discrimination laws in 12 different states. The plaintiffs range from ages 55 to 71 and most worked as a scout for at least 30 years. All I can tell you is that I hope all these guys win their age discrimination lawsuit. But I don't know if it's age discrimination as much as it is just corporate bullshit. That's that's what's going on. Guys, you're getting railroaded the same way everybody around your age is getting railroaded across every single industry in the world. Here's the deal. And I found out this myself. If you've been somewhere long enough to where you're making a decent amount of money, your name is on the top of the list of might be laid off when things go wrong. The pandemic is without a doubt a retreat point and a curtain for cheap corporate policy to hide behind in plain sight. That's what's going on. Now, if I'm, I'm sure some of these guys might fall into the, well, you didn't evolve and dinosaurs that don't evolve become extinct and you can't be evaluating players based on jawlines in the age of analytics. 
You can't. There is a new way of evaluating baseball players, and older scouts that have resisted the new way may have been on that you're no longer needed line that some employees that don't evolve find themselves on. I'm not saying everyone in here was let go because they were too old. There's probably an element of too stubborn for some of them. But the overall swath of them, yeah, you're probably getting screwed over by a league and teams trying to save money, and the best way to do that is to replace older, well-paid with younger, lesser-paid. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. I just saw it. It just happened to me. Hey, what if we can get in someone who probably won't do as good a work, but will do similar work for about half the price? Can we live with that? Every single company in America is taking that deal. We got tech companies now taking that deal. The impenetrable tech companies are starting to see, you know, hey, we can use all of these modern problems as excuses to flush a generation of highly paid employees and replace them with lesser paid employees. It's happening everywhere. So I hope all those guys win their lawsuit. Um, screw every element of baseball business these days. It's massive amounts of fuckery, and I can see it, and you can see it too. Here comes the sip of the day. Are you ready? Oh, that's good coffee. And what could be my favorite story of the day? Aaron Rodgers is advocating for the legalization of psychedelics. And I'm sure you've seen the story. It's been sourced many places already. But Aaron Rodgers spoke at a psychedelics conference in Denver, making the case for such substances to be legalized. Quote, it is not ironic that things that actually expand your mind are illegal and things that dumb you down have been legal for centuries. It's a quote from Aaron Rodgers. There are a lot of people who are using things that Aaron has said in the past against him to make fun of him in this moment, to laugh at him. And there is very, it's harder to find a more high-profile fart sniffer, and he loves his own brand, than, than Aaron Rodgers. Like, no one believes what Aaron Rodgers sells as much as Aaron Rodgers does. And Pro Football Talk says, one thing that didn't change is the not-so-subtle persecution complex that Rodgers takes wherever he goes, saying, quote, I guarantee you all these bums who want me to come after me online about my experience and stuff, they've never tried it. End quote. I'm on team Aaron Rodgers here. I am. I am. I bet you, look, Aaron Rodgers says a lot of things that make him annoying, that make him undesirable for another, what do you have to think? What do you think about that, Aaron? Um, I actually think he's onto something here. I, I really do. I really do. The reason why mushrooms are illegal is because Eli Lilly hasn't figured out a way to sell them to you yet. And as soon as that happens, you watch when Pfizer and drug companies get their arms around the psilocybin or whatever it is that helps people and they can sell it to you and you can't just find it and use it yourself. Um, 
watch it all become a little bit legal then, right? The last thing drug companies want is natural things that might help you because that means less profit for them. I'll say this. I've never dabbled hardcore in psychedelics, but I, I've dabbled. And on a few occasions, it was just me at a concert having a really good time. On a couple of other occasions, it was a profound experience that strips you of your ego. And when I think of things that could really help America, the amount of people walking around with bloated, unearned egos that a little stripping away for a few hours as you take your psychedelic journey, it could do a lot of good. It could do a lot of good. In one of my psychedelic experiences, I had a profound evening. I mean, this happened about 25, 30 years ago, and it's still with me. That profound feeling that I had that evening that made me look at the world and think of things a little bit differently. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the bad guy here. Is he a douchebag in many other ways? You bet he is. Is he probably the wrong messenger for this message? Maybe. But I don't think he's totally off, off, off base. There's a lot of documented Ivy League caliber research that says psychedelic drugs under the right circumstances can really, really help people. And then it was all turned into the boogeyman by Nixon, who started labeling all this stuff a controlled substance, a you know, first class, you know, it's the same thing as heroin and cocaine. It isn't. It isn't. I, I think it's very interesting. But unfortunately for Aaron Rodgers, he always says like one thing too much that makes you go, come on, Aaron. <laughs> You know, Rogers said, words are so interesting. They have such power in their spells. If he just left it right there, again, it would have been a little earth of blue, hippy dippy. Are you dating a Wiccan? But, you know, okay, if you want to talk like that, words, look at it this way. Words are interesting. Words are powerful. They have such power in their spells. There's a reason it's called spelling. Because the way that the letters are put together have such power. All right, dude. Maybe one less cap and stem next time. <laughs> Come on. Look, Aaron, I want to be on team. You're on to something. But then you start saying stuff like that, and I got to pull away a little, man. You, you just you were doing fine right into you. You said, well, you know, it's not called spelling for no reason. <laughs> Oh, my God. By the way, the Jets are only going to win eight games this year. We're about to get into Club Plus for a little oons, 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 and see what you're all talking about on the chat. But there is one more story to share with you, and that is the NFL and the NFLPA are committing an additional um, nearly five and a quarter million dollars. Excuse me, uh, $526,000. A little bit more than a half million dollars to fund studies for innovative pain management solutions, including CBD. Here, wait a minute. I can help you with your half-million-dollar study. Hold on. 
This is the ganja jar. You can fill it for much less than half a million dollars, and in it is many solutions to pain management. CBD, yeah, you can go ahead and do your Diet Coke of weed if you want to, if that makes you feel good. Uh, I would suggest trying THC. It helps alleviate anxiety. It'll help you rest at night. It will make your aching joints feel a little bit better. Go ahead and try it. Hi, I'm Damon Bruce for the NFL, and I've done uh, whatever the last ounce that I bought, millions of dollars worth of research cost me. So about 120 bucks. What are, what are you ever getting an ounce for? I don't know these days. I get it delivered. Um, yeah, there you go. There's your answer right there. Ta-da! I just saved the NFL a half a million dollars. They should just call me. I'm available. I'm available to help. Commissioner of everything and the ganja jar. Quit making this so complicated. If done correctly, not abused, weed, THC, CBD, Aaron Rodgers, psychedelics, these things can be your friends. And if it's too much for all of you, just pick up a bottle of blackened whiskey and take care of it that way. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, great to have you here back for a big Friday show and podcast at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Download. Thank you for downloading it. Thank you for being a part of Damon Bruce Plus. It means an awful lot. A little reaction maybe is going to be served up to you tonight when the Warriors select their draft choice. But in the meantime, thanks for stopping by. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.